Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What can we talk about today? I mean, it's not like the biggest game of the year was last night and it completely surpassed my expectations and honestly I don't think anybody saw I mean I think everybody saw Mahomes come back I think we saw that but in terms of the drama in that game that was as dramatic from moment to moment as you could have it you got a smattering of Taylor Swift and Blake Lively more Blake Lively I say all right that woman God bless her and here's the thing you can't be jealous of Ryan Reynolds because you get it you just see those two together and you're like we can all be jealous but it is as if real-life Ken and Barbie just fell in love together and have a beautiful family, bleep off for having it better than the rest. Now, that being said, uh, we got Kayla on the board today. We got Keith uh, behind the glass, the assassin, Keith Britton. We've also got Jake Murn on the show. But uh, I, I can I just lead with this? The Super Bowl needs to be on Saturday. And I know it's not going to happen because of a myriad of reasons, but I just would like to thank the NFL for making sure that that game went to 11 o'clock last night with their script and made most of America dog-ass tired today. All right? And not only do I need – because here's the thing. It's like I the whole thing about, oh, you got to kick off the game earlier. I understand why they don't do that. They put it in the perfect window. They get as many eyeballs as they can. You couldn't do that on Saturday. You couldn't do that at a time where when I am amped up, so much that the game ends about 11 o'clock and I'm so amped up that I can't fall asleep till one o'clock in the morning because it was that fun of a game that wouldn't matter if it was on Saturday, but to the folks that have to work from nine to five on Monday, bleep you, Roger Goodell. And also it doesn't help that I got to wake up at five with my kid, but that's the other thing. That's not your fault, but you should absolutely factor that in because I matter. Darn it. Now, I don't know if anybody saw. I don't, I don't know uh, how many of the 130 million people that probably watched that game, 150 million, 170 million, God knows, are, are listening right now. But can we just say, not a great coaching performance in either way last night. I mean, I know we're supposed to do this thing where, well, Andy Reid won, so he must have done a better job coaching. There was a moment with about two minutes to go in the first half where Andy Reid started trying to goat or goad, rather not goad, goad uh, Kyle Shanahan into using his timeouts. And he was just letting like moments just tick off like every, every single second. And meanwhile, you're in a position to put seven on the board with the ball coming back to you at the start of the second half. And Andy Reid's just like, no, I got to get that mother bleepers timeouts. And I still don't know what the thinking was. I don't know if Andy, like... Andy Reid in Philadelphia, the clock management, people don't remember this, 
for the entirety of Andy Reid's, like the peak of the run with Donovan McNabb, the number one thing was, what is this guy doing when it comes to game management? That's all I saw at the end of the uh, the second quarter yesterday. So that that vaguely annoyed me. Also, Andy, at some point, Booby, you got Pat Mahomes. All right, at some point, go ahead and you know drive that Mercedes like a Mercedes. He was driving that Mercedes the way uh, my ninety one year old grandmother, like Mama, love you. What like like the way she would drive like a Honda Civic in winter, fifteen miles an hour. All right, you hit sixteen, you're going too fast. You got to slow down. And now I think I'm just randomly paraphrasing uh, or, or quoting Taylor Swift uh, songs within the middle of the show here. That's something we can get into. But so Andy Reid, I thought the, the smartest thing he did was that, that the end call of the game, which perfectly mirrors the, the game-winning play of the year before from the game-winning touchdown uh, in the Eagles. Uh, sorry, in the uh, Chiefs win over the Eagles. But I have yet to mention the guy who I think bungled the game in more than one way. It's just not the way you think. And that's Kyle Shanahan. And 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan, who I do think is truly a great head coach. Like when you can scheme up a team where you can have the lesser quarterback in a lot of the matchups you're in and get to the Super Bowl – that's incredibly impressive. And by the way, that's not a shot at Brock Purdy. That's a different conversation. That's what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo as well, who now time agrees with me. Now that we're several years later, we all agree Jimmy Garoppolo was a little overrated, and at no point was he ever a top-five quarterback. But I digress. But getting back to the Kyle Shanahan thing, everybody wants to talk about you know the, uh, the deferral and the decision to accept the ball at the in overtime. And... I just want to point out, in the real moment, in real time, very few people actually talked about why didn't he defer to start overtime. To me, I saw the explosion of takes on this after the game or once Kansas City was really threatening San Francisco. And I'll tell you this, guys, it's not one for one. Like, I think we've, you know, there's there are valid reasons why a good deal of teams and, and, and analytically based teams will go into games and say, if we get to choose, we're going to defer the ball. It's not the same damn thing when you're doing it in overtime. One, I understand the idea of you want to see what the other, the, the, uh, other team does first. The problem is you set yourself up with giving the ball to Pat Mahomes first and then... And then, if Pat Mahomes scores a touchdown, you're putting it on Brock Purdy to go ahead and try and get a touchdown. So, even from that standpoint of you're going to give Pat Mahomes the ball first, and then you have to match whatever Mahomes does, it's, it doesn't make sense. Two, you don't have the second half impact here. Like, the whole point of deferring is that you go ahead and get the ball to start the second half. That's the big, uh, the, the analytic shift that happens is the importance of getting the first possession of the second half after teams have spent the last uh, 30 minutes of clock time playing each other because you have so much more knowledge about how they're going to attack you and what they're going to try and do against you. That doesn't factor in this case. What factor is, what, what and what I think Shanahan was thinking, if he was really understanding that this was kind of the decision that he was making and understand the importance of the new uh, overtime rules, which is both teams get a possession. He was probably thinking, well, if we score a touchdown or they score a touchdown, then we get the ball that third time and we can put the damn thing away. 
So the idea of getting as many possessions as you can, as soon as you can in overtime, is an incredibly valid decision. So it's not the same damn decision. Do I think it was still the right decision? Yeah, I would say limiting the limiting the, the amount of time Pat Mahomes has with a ball in his hand and avoiding putting Brock Purdy in a situation where if Pat Mahomes scores a touchdown to start overtime, Brock Purdy has to go down the field and punch one in. I would say that that's a lot of pressure for a quarterback that I think as we saw, a lot of Brock Purdy's success yesterday was activated off the run game. So a lot of the reaction I saw was, well, analytics says this, and the which is, again, not the same decision. Making that decision at the start of the game is not the same thing as making that decision at the start of overtime. Also, when you're in overtime, you kind of got to think about, are we willing to give Patrick Mahomes the ball two times before we get it two times? That that seems like another valid conversation. That's not why Kyle Shanahan got outcoached. And the bar was pretty low last night because there were a lot of what-the-hell-are-you-doing moments. There was Andy Reid uh, just leaking clock uh, clock time out the wazoo when they had a legitimate chance if they had if they had really protected the clock that they had a chance to they had a much better chance to to punch it in the end zone and really turn control of that game and there was no fear just while we're at it there's no fear of Brock Purdy with under a minute to go all of a sudden Brock Purdy's going to look like John Elway all of a sudden Brock Purdy's going to channel his inner Mahomes yeah he might get three points I'll take getting the seven and then giving them three or the risk of giving them three, then you having to settle for a field goal. But I digress. But why Kyle Shanahan really got out coached last night is is he played himself. What's what's the old Vince McMahon line? Kyle screwed Kyle because you had the ten to six lead going into the half, and Mahomes had done very little, and your quarterback when you were running the ball was kind of getting a lot more throws and and being and avoiding a lot of those second and long situations which for that kind of quarterback is a nightmare. And the first thing uh, Kyle Shanahan does to start the second half is go six straight passes. And that's after Kansas City didn't score on their first drive of the second half. So Kansas City's that that beginning of the game advantage of getting the ball first to start the second half, it was nil. And Kyle Shanahan was like, you know what I got to do? I got to go full Rambo. I got to blow stuff up in here. I got to put this all on Brock Purdy. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had 160 yards last night. And the reason why the 49ers looked so incredibly dominant in the first half is they didn't let Pat Mahomes on the field. It was that you had played the most perfect game of keep away I've ever seen. Like Mahomes was just ravenous on the sidelines. He was foaming at the mouth like a dog. Travis Kelsey damn near killed Andy Reid because they just weren't getting opportunities. And you were keeping the 49ers defense fresh. You were wearing down the Chiefs uh, defense, and you could see it. Like the Chiefs defense at the end of that first half was dog tired. And they don't they don't substitute a lot, as was pointed out, every five seconds. They kind of roll with their four best linemen, and they'll kind of – bring guys off one at a time, which is completely an archaic way to do things. Steve Spagnuolo is a brilliant off uh, defensive coordinator. That That is so, I don't know, 1995, it doesn't make any damn sense. But so, you have 
the perfect position. The game is swayed in your favor. All the mistakes, not all the mistakes, a majority of the mistakes are coming from Kansas City. And they're infighting. And they are screaming at each other and tackling Andy Reid, which, guys, Travis, I love you, man. Maybe don't assault the 65-year-old morbidly obese coach. I thought I thought I worried about our uh, Andy's cardiac health in that moment. All right, and I say that with love and respect from another morbidly obese person. But the point is, you had everything you had you had them right where you wanted to. All you had to do was keep Pat Mahomes off the field. All you had to do, and it was two to one time of possession for most of the first half. So if you do that, yeah, maybe you end up settling for a bunch of field goals. Yeah, maybe there's a couple opportunities to get away, but Kyle Shanahan spent the first half going as aggressive as possible, and then he was in the perfect position in the second half to lighten up and make the Chiefs, uh, and I won't say make the Chiefs beat you because we saw how that works, but to keep the Chiefs off the field. And he was like, you know what? Now's the time where I defend the honor of Brock Purdy by making him pass as much as possible and, and basically teeing up the Chiefs' pass rush. That, to me, was so much more worse than... Uh, I'm gonna. We'd like the ball to start overtime, which is a valid line of thinking, and not really any way connected to the decision you make at the beginning of the game. Two one six four seven four double zero nine two. We got the pulse coming up at three forty. We do have Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com coming up at four. We'll get her thoughts on the Browns here. Dusty Likens, six ten sports. Uh, he's going to set the scene in Kansas City today. I'm curious about his thoughts on how the. Uh, the trailer relationship Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift has played out in in Kansas City locally. We'll also get his thoughts on whether last night was the most impressive of the Chiefs' three titles uh, with Pat Mahomes there. I think it was Bill Cowher after the game said something I think is really fair. Like, sometimes a team wins and you go, man, that other team really lost it. So while I think that Kyle Shanahan uh, outthought himself and outcoached and got outcoached in this game, the truth of the matter is, Pat Mahomes at this point is just inevitable. And you kind of just got to give the guy credit for kind of being great. And that's what happened. Like, you had the, you had what, a, a three point lead in overtime. You had a significant lead late in that game. Like, you had multiple points where if it's almost any other quarterback, your chances of winning the game are tenfold. But it's Mahomes. And you had, the, the 49ers did as good of a job as you can do to, to really just play keep away from Mahomes and outlast Mahomes as you could until really that second half. And and then by the end of that game, so again, it was like two to one, the time of possession in that first half for, for Kansas City and San Francisco until I think the the 49er or the Chiefs final drive of the, the first half where Andy Reid just completely was like, hey, let's go ahead and waste two minutes of clock time even though there's a chance to score here. Let's see if we can get one of those timeouts from Kyle Shanahan. Still infuriated. But, like, yes, Kyle Shanahan got outcoached. Yes, and let's all be really honest here. Now the conversation is fair with Kyle Shanahan of is he just the coach that can't win the big game? That's not a definitive thing, by the way. Like, Andy Reid was one of those guys of, well, can he win the big game? Uh, Marty Schottenheimer was one of those guys his whole career and and never got the, the Super Bowl ring, unfortunately. So, like... There's, there's a select few that have that tag on them. I, I think McDermott's another guy right now that has that tag on him of, yeah, good coach, but can't win the big game. And at some point, it, it does start to matter in a place like Buffalo where you've got Josh Allen. In San Francisco, you can't convince me that most of what 
most of the reason why they win is that Kyle Shanahan is a genius. But until you win in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. And now Kyle Shanahan has had three Super Bowls. One is the offensive coordinator in Atlanta where I don't think I need to remind anybody of of having the 28 to 3 lead and blowing that game. One of the I mean most embarrassing um collapses in the history of the NFL. Kyle Kyle was the OC on that one. You you score one extra touchdown, you don't lose that game just up as a point there. Um and now, obviously, the last two games. And I think people will say, well, but he's lost to Mahomes twice. Yeah, but I think what people are missing is Kansas City is a – each one of these Kansas City teams has been built just a little differently. Mahomes is really the big through line. Like, this year was about defense. Last year, it was a rebuilding defense. And the offense was it – was, it was, I mean, it was Mahomes and it was Kelsey. And that first year was probably the best overall team and best collection of talent. But, like, you look at San Francisco, guys, San Francisco is, like, 92% built to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one thing you have to have is a great front four or a great uh, defensive front. Because your ability to pressure Mahomes, and which San Francisco did all last night, you, they they did that. Like you, that's the thing. You need to be able to go ahead and beat Mahomes by rushing four guys and keeping the last seven guys in the backfield, and that's exactly what San Francisco did. Nick Bosa had a great night. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, now uh, Javon Hargrave had a great night. Like they were five or six deep of defensive linemen that were getting consistent pressure on Mahomes. And they did a great job of keeping kind of that gap integrity on the outside, which was forcing Mahomes to stay within the pocket. So that's the number one thing you need. Now, the number two thing you need is a franchise quarterback. I, I think at this point, like there's a reason Cincinnati beat them two years ago. Joe Burrow playing at his his top level. And then they had a great front four. DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, and Trey Hendrickson, uh, BJ Hill, amongst other guys. That's the recipe. Can you can you rush with four, consistently generate pressure, and and get the quarterback off his spot with four? Then there's some fluky things like can you just cover for ten seconds, which I don't know anybody can cover for ten seconds. But like you had half the equation. And the other thing that I think really mattered is you were the the 49ers were an incredibly experienced team in the actual not just in the Super Bowl, but just in the playoffs in general. You were also the more fresh team being able to have the bye and and having less of a path to 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 the Super Bowl given that you had a bye and then you beat the 7 seed and the 3 seed whereas Kansas City went Miami at home the, the then they had to go to Buffalo on the road and beat Buffalo and then they had to go on to Baltimore on the road and beat Baltimore all while infighting and Travis Kelsey was acting like a giant disgruntled grizzly bear on the sidelines so, this is just who Shanahan is until he wins. And I, it's so funny. Like, I, people say sample size. Well, but but sample size. Guys, it's three Super Bowls. That's three more Super Bowls than most coaches, average coaches in the NFL get. Some point, if you're, if you're batting zero, if, if, you're, uh, if you're 0 for 3 in the Super Bowl, that is going to become the narrative around you. Now, there's a lesson to be learned on that that we'll get to later in the show. I thought it was funny, like, the biggest gripe everybody had 
was the decision to to take the ball at the start of overtime. And then after the game, you start to hear from the 49ers locker room like Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Cloverleaf grad, Medina's own, what, what, um, who was asked about whether they knew kind of the, the rules of, of the new overtime. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Here in in the NFL playoffs. You know what? I didn't even realize that the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really I don't totally know the strategy there. No, no, we haven't talked about it. No. So the and he, he was not the only guy that said, "Oh yeah, I I thought it was if you just go down the the, the field and score, you win." And now the new rules are, and I actually think the new rules are as fair and as righteous as they've been, which is no matter what happens to that first team, whether they score, whether they get three points, or whether they um, whether they go ahead and get shut out, the other team gets a, a, a chance at it. I think that's fair. I think that's equitable. And I think the idea of, because I was thinking about it too, at the end of the first overtime, it, it acts as the first half. I think that's brilliant, Right. So like, I like the new overtime rules. I thought they were kind of perfect, and I thought that I I thought they only added um, drama to the game. But like, I don't this. I'm about to say like, well, he's the fullback. Like guys, not everybody on any team knows every one of the rules, and we see that when guys get hit for ticky tack fouls and then get really upset, or when they get hit for like fouls that aren't the obvious fouls and then get upset. So like. Do you think that Kyle Juszczyk saying, I didn't really know the rules, do you think that was – You think are people taking that to mean that Kyle Shanahan didn't know the rules? Because I do struggle. Like, listen, I get it. Kyle Shanahan was outcoached. I don't think either coach did that well of a job, but Kyle Shanahan got outcoached in this game. And anytime you talk about a coach getting outcoached and we have one specific thing to point to, man, we can really hammer hard the idea that this coach is an idiot. Anybody think Kyle Shanahan doesn't know ball? I mean, I, I, I he has, he, like, this is the ultimate coach. Like, he's the guy 
that is the cliche of, well, honey, I'm really sorry that it's your dance this weekend, but we got a game coming up and I just can't tear away from it. And that, but that makes me sound like I'm saying he's a bad father. That's not what I'm saying. My point is he is the cliche of a guy that's that that's at the facilities 20 hours a day. And during football season, he's the cliche of the guy that has has accounted for everything. I mean, guys, honestly, the best coaching thing that he did was in overtime when the Chiefs had had some success, but it was right before the Pat Mahomes big run that kind of set them up. Um, Shanahan was listening to Steve Wilkes call the defense in his headset, and Steve Wilkes called for zero defense, which honestly is like the the best thing that the 49ers did all night was the whole we're going to disguise our, our coverage pre and post snap. And they they did I like I think a lot of this was the the front four did a hell of a job but like they threw some confusing things that slowed me, uh, Mahomes down like mentally in his processing. So when Shanahan was like, uh, yeah, you're gonna call another play and we're gonna call a timeout to get it right, I thought that was like the most badass moment there because he knew like that's a dude that is playing the game out in his head. It's like a, a like like chess players who can literally map out like four moves ahead. That's where Shanahan was with that specific call. You guys don't think he was that way with the, with the overtime thing. So I just think it's as simple as, and and I'm not saying everybody has, I'm not saying everybody is just being revisionist on this. I think a majority of people are. I think Shanahan got out coached yesterday and that's as simple as that. But when it comes to that one decision, like that one decision was probably to take the pressure off the lesser quarterback in the matchup to get as many chances as you can. Cause if, if you had gotten them to settle for a field goal, then you would have a chance to win on that next drive. So you would have gotten the first crack at, at having that next chance to win. Like I, I, it, it's just not the same decision. So if you want to bash Shanahan, yeah, you should bash him. Cause he had, he had the chiefs right where you wanted them and ended up losing on a walk-off uh, touchdown. But like some of this is, I think some of this we can just go, guys, once you get into overtime with Pat Mahomes, there's really no way to win other than actually just getting a little lucky. 216-474-0092. Does the players not knowing? And it when we played Kyle Juszczyk. He's not the only guy that said it. A handful of 49ers players admitted they didn't know the new overtime rules. Does the players admitting that they didn't know is that a sign that Kyle Shanahan didn't know? Because I don't know if Shanahan will ever be fully honest on it because that's one of those things. You can't be the coach after the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, I had no idea. But even then, the guy grew up in football. The guy is a detail-oriented guy. Like some would say anal-retentive kind of guy. I would be pretty shocked if Kyle Shanahan didn't know. Like, honestly, that to me would be worse. If Kyle Shanahan came out and was like, hey, guys, just full disclosure, you know, I'm in the honesty business. I got to I gotta own it. I didn't know the new overtime rules. That would be worse than the actual decision to, to accept the ball when we have zero evidence and zero analytics to go off of how that impacts your chances to win. Because it's the first time it's happened in the friggin' Super Bowl. Him not knowing would be so much worse than just, uh, yeah, we didn't beat Pat Mahomes in overtime, and hey, we got a field goal when we should have got a touchdown. That's just, yeah, you had the worst quarterback, and you know, you, you gave Mahomes too many chances, and that's going to bite you in the booty. 
that defend you can defend that till the cows come home. Oh, you lost to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Well, here's the here's the list of people you're going to start to join on any given year that have lost in the playoffs to Pat Mahomes. With him just being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knew? Um, a lot of people knew. Although you know who also didn't know? Uh, CBS, who did not mention it until I believe the the Chiefs. When the Chiefs got possession is when they finally mentioned the new overtime rules. I do not recall them, and I could be wrong because, you know, maybe I missed a detail here or two, but I was listening pretty intently, and I didn't hear them set up the new – because I almost tweeted about it, and I was like, you know what? They make more than you. It's okay. I think we have finally reached a point of diminishing returns on Travis post-game. And I'm not talking about the Taylor Swift stuff, which is all over social media. I – I opened up X during the break, immediately saw like three videos. No, no, no. It's not that. Um, although I have a take on that in a minute. It was more like his post game. Last year was so perfect. We got the you know the fight for the right to party, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. This year was like, all right, what song are you going to quote? And then they wrapped it up by like, hey, you still going to fight for your right? Like, what are we doing here? Like at this, Like at this point, we're trying too hard to get Travis to say things. Like, the best part about last year you get a fight for your right to party is it did seem some in somewhat organic. Now, real quick, and, and we'll talk more about the uh, – at the very end of the show, I think I have a point on people that hate the Taylor Swift part of this, you might have gotten your wish last night. That's all I'm going to say. Later in the show, I'll get to it. I would like to point out, though, it's really weird when the DJ at these clubs that they're celebrating at are playing Taylor Swift – while Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are like, like across a crowd, like oh, you belong to me because that's the song that's playing. All right, I'm secure with who I am as a man. I think a lot of us listening we're secure with who we are as a man. Every one of those songs, Trav, it's about another dude, and that's just that's a level of intimacy that I would like. Hey, this song is about your ex, but now it's about me. Yeah. You're just renting that song, all right? Until you guys get married and have kids. You're just kind of the next guy that you can sing about in that. I don't know that's worth the squeeze. Like, guys, Lover, that's a pretty tawdry song for Taylor Swift, all right? We get some, we get some, uh, the, the nits and the grits in that song, all right? There was a video of him. They were playing Lover, and, and, and they were, like, lovingly singing it to each other. I'm like, that's about the last guy. Don't do it. Damn. Travis, it is a trap. And uh ah, hey, let's all let's all be honest here. They're gonna break up in time for this next album to be about him anyway. So But I just thought like I get why she's singing it. Oh, I've never been with anybody ever before. Travis, I get it. Travis is a bit of a dog, but mmm. Travis doesn't have any songs about shacking up with an ex. Okay? That's it. Travis feels like yep, he's winning. He's Adonis, good looking. A millionaire, excuse me. Eh, kind of a move of a cuck, if you ask me. Kind of a move to be singing a song that your girlfriend wrote about another man to her as if it was about you. Real quick, let's get to Adam. Adam, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, Nick, how are you? Doing very well. Welcome to the show. What you got? So I, I had a question. It was your last segment um, talking about the Niners players not knowing the rules um, for the new overtime. And when I heard it originally, um, you know, from them, my, my immediate thought was, well, even 
if you didn't know the rules, what would have changed? Why is this a story and why it seems to me now more they're trying to make it an excuse? Because they went down and scored a field goal. They weren't in a position to score a touchdown. So even with the old rules, if Kansas City comes down and scores a touchdown, they lose anyways. So what what would have gone differently had they have known these new rules? That's what's so confusing why it's even a topic. So the reason it's a conversation at the beginning of the, the game is obviously that you you get to have the ball, uh, not last, but you get to have the ball to start the, 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 the second half. I don't know why it's a topic for the for overtime. I, I the, the counter argument to me is is not backed up by stats because we don't have a lot of stats on this the, the new overtime rule specifically in the playoffs and the overall thought of you should let Pat Mahomes have the ball first seems so counterintuitive and moronic that I don't even I like I'll be honest with you I don't know what the 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 scuttlebutt's about and I've watched people say it I've watched people talk about it all night and I still haven't seen a point that makes me think they have a point. Well, now, since you just said that, something kind of piqued my mind. Let's say had they have known the rules, um, and then the thought process was you want Mahomes to have the ball first, well, that could make sense because you're guaranteed a possession. Now, if, if they really didn't know the rules and didn't think that they were guaranteed a possession and if Mahomes goes down and scores a touchdown and the game's over, then you know you really do have a problem. But if if their thought was we want to give Mahomes the ball and, and rely on our defense and then get the ball back, go down, score, and win, if they would have known the rules. Obviously, that would have been different. So that would make sense. And I, if I if think, so, that's terrible. I think the only thing is, what if he scores a touchdown first? You're going to put it on Brock Purdy to try and score a touchdown after Pat Mahomes did. You know what I mean? Well, I I think more so you're putting it on your defense that had played well the entire game, um, and then. Brock Purdy doesn't have to do a winning touchdown drive. You just have to get into field goal range, and I think that by what he's done all year long, okay, we can rely on him to at least do that for us. You know, I think the only thing about that, Adam, good stuff, buddy. Appreciate you. I think the only thing about that is you're still confident in overtime you're going to stop the best quarterback on the planet right now. That's still where the math doesn't check out, and I realize that is a emotional or – um, maybe people think that's more of an emotional comment than an analytical one. Pat Mahomes has is averaging 3.1 fourth quarter comebacks per year in his career, and that includes um, in that includes in the postseason. So the guy is lethal late in games, and I mean we saw that with the 12 seconds with Josh Allen two years ago in the postseason. So, like, at some point, that does have to matter. Like, the Mahomes impact has to matter your decision-making on this. Jim, welcome to the show, Jim. Good to hear you. Hey, how we doing? Doing all right, buddy. What you got? I think we can figure out how why you would want the ball second in the old overtime and in the new overtime. Uh, when If San Francisco gets the ball first, they go down and score a field goal or a touchdown. Then, as the Chiefs, you know that – if they kick a field goal, you don't have to go for it on fourth down. If they score a touchdown, you you got four downs to get a first down every single time because you have to because you have to score a touchdown. That's the reason why you would want the ball second. Okay. What about the That's other time? Point. What other time? I thought you said you were going to deal with both, including the first oh, time. Well, the first time, too, because you, you would want the ball second under the same scenario. But if the other team scores first, then, then it's irrelevant. 
But you would want the ball first when it was, if you go down and score a touchdown, the game's over. So That's think, how it was before. So, so I appreciate the explanation. I would also say all of these are predicated on one or both teams scoring on that first drive. Because, like, the clock management thing, which would be a big thing uh, in the old-time rule, or the old-time rules, in the old rules, it doesn't matter anymore because the, the first overtime period now acts as, like, a first quarter. Meaning that if you're in the middle of a drive at the end of that first overtime, you're going to maintain possession where it was going into the second quarter. But if both of you end up chewing up 15, or 12 minutes a clock and then it's your turn and now all of a sudden you've got three minutes, like at some point you are trying to play the clock game as well. I'm doing a convoluted way of explaining that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.